0: How's it going, Sci-Fi fans? This is Alex Malari from Dark Matter, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.
1: This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audio book when you sign up today audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner
0: engage science fiction is an existential metaphor that allows us to tell stories about the human condition welcome to the sci-fi diner podcast where we serve up interviews news and our view on the world of science fiction come grab a chair and enjoy the conversations
2: I'd say we've got an unexpected
0: guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner. Welcome to the Side by Diner podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog.
1: Good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And I am Dave Sellers.
0: You are Dave Sellers. Last I chat and Miles, it's all in to, yeah, it's good to be back with you guys chatting here about sci-fi and the world may have ground to a halt, but sci-fi has not, thankfully.
1: And we the have sci-fi of- diner is still open.
0: Yeah, the sci-fi diner is still open. We are defying all laws and edicts by governors and presidents. We are still open. Not yes. that we advocate you physically doing that, but virtually we can do that. <laughs> So,
3: and it is takeout only.
0: It is take- Cause Cause you're out takeout. You're
3: downloading
0: this recording. Yeah, so yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Take it at, take it with you wherever you are. You, you don't even need to dine in. But, but it's great to be here chatting with you guys and just talking about science fiction and what's going on in, in our world regarding that. And we have a beautiful interview that we're going to share with you that we'll talk about in just a little bit. Before we get into that, I think it's important that the folks here that are tuning into the diner know what's on the takeout menu.
2: Yes. So we
1: are, uh, of course, going to talk about what's going on in our sci-fi world. Uh, We'll talk about a little bit what the, what the, what COVID-19, how it's affecting, uh, upcoming movies this year. Um, uh, and, uh, the bulk of our conversation, we're going to talk about, uh, the last two episodes of Picard and we're going to share an interview I did with, uh, John, um, uh, John Tilden, uh, from the Highland Society. I had a chance to meet and talk with at uh, Farpoint this year.
0: I still remember, uh, in middle school, <laughs> a I curse this librarian, uh, in, in, in my middle school at CV, this one librarian handed me a book and said, I think you'll like this. And she handed me the first science fiction book I remember reading. Uh-huh. And it was by Andre Norton. And um, I read everything that Norton had. And then I moved on to Heinlein was the next author that I moved on to. Um, and his science fiction was just mesmerizing And then I moved on to many others like Asimov and so on down the Norse. Um, there were just some great classics, you know, coming out of the seventies, the sixties, sci-fi some great authors and uh, you
1: like guy, So,
0: so that's fantastic. Well, Em is uh, being a good daughter and helping her mother with taxes and Chrissy is did not watch Picard's. She said, you know what? I'm not going to join you guys tonight but that's all right uh we are gonna talk picard and talk a lot about uh a lot of other things as well why don't we move into our sci-fi world uh who wants to start what's going on in people's sci-fi world here what's going on during the lockdown
3: all right well i am i mean currently loving picard loving the end of picard can't wait to talk about that later uh I watched the first episode of the show *Vagrant Queen* on Sci-Fi Channel, which we talked about. We previewed last episode. Is it good? Um, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. It uh, it was a good blend of, of science fiction. Um, there's an alien in the first scene. There, that uh, I was waiting for him to say, uh, "Hi, my name's Dan." He looked just like the guy, the, the alien character Dan in the Orville. It it, it was pretty funny, um, but yeah, it, it was it was a good it was a good premiere. Um, okay, I'm waiting for the second episode to drop. I'm not sure when it will. Probably, I think at the end of the week, maybe, but uh, I'm watching it on Hulu, so I'm not sure. Um, I've been digging back into, well. Because of being home and my wife being home and my daughter being home for however long now we've uh, really undertook cleaning out the house. And I found in my basement in a box, all of my old computer games I've had just about, I think most of, well, I should say all of them because it's not all of them. Most of the old Star Trek PC games from back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I happened to find an old laptop of mine that was able to play all those games. So I've been going back and enjoying some uh, some uh, enjoying some gaming from my youth. I'll put What's, it uh, any,
0: any games stick out?
3: Uh, right now, the biggest one I'm playing now is Star Trek Armada 2. It's a real-time simulation. You're building your fleets, battling them against everybody else. I actually got that to work on my newest computer through a mod. So I can play it on Windows Ten. The graphics are much better than they ever were playing in the on uh, the old systems. But uh, the one I'm really excited to get into is Klingon Academy. This was oh, yeah. A, yeah, a six disc game, and it's all the cutscenes in between, um, starring Christopher Plummer as General Chang. This was the prelude to Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. Where you play a Klingon cadet commander, and you're you're being trained to you know command a Klingon starship and all this stuff. It, it is a very deep game. I mean, it, it is it is insane from what I remember, and I really can't wait to bust that out again and start playing that. And you actually see how Chang loses his eye, which is pretty cool.
0: Oh, very cool.
3: You go on YouTube, you can watch. All of the cutscenes put together, and it's like—I don't know—it's like over two hours, I think, a video. Wow. Telling this story, it, it's it's wild.
0: Wow. So is it canon? But like, no, I'm just kidding. What's that? Is it canon? A canon?
3: Canon? Uh, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's as canon as you can get. JJ <laughs> <laughs> day, day track is supposed to be in there. This is canon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. I'm curious, uh, Dave. Among your collection, did did you, by chance, check out uh, Star Trek Elite Force 1 and 2?
3: Oh, I have the first one. That was another one I found here. I never got the second one, and I'm still bitter about that. But the first one, that was a great play. And that, again, another one I got to boot up and get running again. I loved that one so much.
1: Yeah, I played that one many times. uh, Yeah.
3: It was terrific.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. But that's been about my, uh, that's been about the crux of my sci-fi world.
0: Well, uh, miles. Should I go? Sure. Go ahead. So, uh, my sci-fi world, uh, Picard. And, um, if there's no other sci-fi that exists in the world, Picard would still be enough. um, That being said, uh, because of Picard, my son and I, of course, are working through Next Generation. And uh, we just got done with Tin Man. And uh, really, am enjoying season three in general. Most of the episodes are pretty solid there. Captain's Holiday, we uh, finished that one, too. And um, enjoyed all the uh, chicanery that that went through that episode. Um, Also enjoyed the one where they were abducted. And you got to see, uh, like an imposter, John Luke and, um, and them working their way, you know, through things. So those, those were all good, good episodes. So, you guys there?
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still
0: here. Oh yeah. So I just, so really keep and I've really been enjoying it. We've, uh, we're, we're almost at the end of season three. And, uh, so looking forward to that as we kind of creep up on that, uh, uh, other than that, um, still playing a lot of League of Legends, um, and uh, playing a little bit of the Pokemon Online game, trading card game. Uh, the other thing I've been playing a little bit of is Terraforming Mars. With uh, oh yeah, yeah, with your, yours truly, Dave. So we've uh, I think played two games in the past two weeks online because, of course, we're social distancing um, <laughs> and uh, six feet and uh, but it's 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 a uh, It's a fun game and I don't, I clearly, I clearly don't have um, my strategy down because every time Dave's hands my ass to me. So that's just the way it is.
3: And Bob's been handing mine to me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) True. True. So it's uh, all in good fun. You know what it's great It's like, you know, sometimes you'll be playing and it'll be quiet, but then there's these conversations. It's just, you know, you just chat about other things that are maybe not game related that kind of fun so really enjoying enjoying that experience um being that we can't meet in person so and, have,
3: and over here in the two boys conversation playing whatever game they are oh yeah so we're so getting like, the cross feed front. It's just hilarious
0: so uh so Kiefer <laughs> and bob's son uh miles are not in our call but because miles is is like next to bob and Kiefer's next to me like, even though we're in separate, like, phone calls, you can overhear the conversation. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Entertaining. Entertaining at <it> the best. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there you go. I think that's I think that's my sci-fi world for the most
1: part. But, I just still think it's great that you and your son are bonding over Star Trek next
0: generation. I know. Go figure. Go figure right. that. And he is, he's legitimately... Enjoying it, like I said to him last night, he's, he's playing. He's playing a game on his phone, which, you know, many times that just trumps anything else. And I said, "I said, hey, bud, you want to watch Next Generation?" He goes, "Yep, I'm into it. Let's do it." <laughs> and so we ended up watching two episodes. It was great. Really
3: he, it. tell me how you do that. You gotta tell me how you do that because I gotta get my daughter into it. Well, you're I really old. have to. I'm gonna be lost.
0: Six. Yeah. So she's a little young. Give her, give her about six more years when she becomes more of an intellectual. So I think the thing that appeals to Kiefer, because some of those episodes is not a lot of action. A lot of it's very cerebral and uh, he's really enjoying
1: that. Cool.
0: All right, Miles, what in heck is going on in your sci-fi world?
1: So along with you gentlemen, I am enjoying Structure Picard. Sad to see it go. Um, And just, kind of, you know, we've been kind of spoiled. We've had some live action Trek for the last 10 weeks and n- no word on uh, Discovery yet. But uh, also watching, um, or I just, I rented on uh, Amazon uh, Superman Red Sun. Uh, there was a comment done back in the 90s. It was a, one of those what ifs. What if uh, Superman's um, ship, instead of land, landing in, in some place in Kansas, landed in the Soviet Union in the 1940s? and and so the base is raised in the soviet union and um you have a superman who is still very idealistic and i think in his heart of hearts is a good person but you know kind of believes what believes what believes what the Soviets uh, espouse Um, he deals with uh, Batman of the uh, Soviet Union. I mean, they have a, a, a rivalry. He deals with the Wonder Woman of of that Earth, and he, he you know he had, he deals with uh, Lex Luthor over in America. Um, interesting take on the Superman uh, story. So so I enjoyed that. Uh, finished watching Altered Carbon um, on Netflix. Uh, watching the, the the CW superhero shows. I watched The Vagrant Queen. Uh, I really like that. It definitely kind of has, it's not a hard sci-fi show. It's, it, it's kind of, there's a little bit of cheese and camp to it. Um, <laughs> but it's done in a fun way. It's done. it's, this is supposed to be kind of entertaining sci-fi. Um, and it kind of sort of reminds me of kind of some of the sci-fi shows in the nineties, especially with the, with the aliens. Um, and they give the aliens human names, which is even funny. Um, what were the names? Uh, Carl and uh, Nigel. I think were the two that we first meet. Yeah, that's that, right. <laughs> that, that that I like that. That was kind of fun. <laughs> so I'm gonna give this show. I'm gonna give this show a chance and and see where it goes. I'm reading um the Star Trek novel Higher Frontier by uh, Christopher L. Bennett right now. Okay, good.
0: Good. We run into Bennett at uh, many of the con- the cons, right? Chris Bennett comes. So.
1: Yeah, he comes. To, he's become the shore leave. Uh, since, since you and i've been going
0: yes yeah. he, he writes as-
1: a lot of the star trek time travel novels that i that i really enjoy
0: okay yeah he uh, uh and uh, shortly as far as we know is still on right that has not been postponed
1: that has not been postponed or canceled uh ho- hopefully hopefully that won't change hopefully we have something to look forward to in, in the next few months
0: very good, well, it sounds like we are in a um uh, we're we're definitely getting some good sci fi in and there's obviously plenty out there. I do find that I'm much more I, i'm 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 busier than I think being at home i just see there's there's always something to do like I know that dave you're cleaning out your house you know there's it's on the nicer days I'm outside doing yard work it's not it's it's a change of pace for us but, mm-hmm. but not that I wouldn't rather be at work. I would rather be, you know, doing my thing. But Well, uh, Miles, why don't you take yeah. us into the, uh, next, the uh, next part of our show here. We've had a uh, – COVID-19 has impacted our society in, you know, obviously humongous ways and perhaps one of the lesser ways that – not huge when you – talk about being able to get food and shelter, but certainly huge in the world of sci-fi. And that is how it's impacted the films that many of us have been looking at and talking about coming out over the, the upcoming months here. Do you want to kind of uh, lead us into this a little bit? Yeah. So um, I always just wanted to see,
1: see, you know, some of the, some of the things we might be looking forward to later, if um, they will, um Be delayed, and what we know about the Wonder Woman movie, uh, yes, it will be delayed till August fourteenth. You know, I think, you know, I mean, I was looking forward to seeing it, but if the movie theater is isn't even open at the time, or if there's a chance for the movie to do better, if they delay it a little bit, it's a good thing,
0: um, right? I think think you mentioned you're right up there that August is a fantastic time to have people go to the theaters. I mean the Guardians of the Galaxy was a August open and certainly did very well. So no reason why that month itself uh is bad for movies. Yeah. So
1: that that that's a smart business decision at this time to, to do that. But there's other um I'm not familiar with this one, New Mutants. Um, I'm gonna have to do some checking for that. But originally it was gonna open this week, but now that now it's not it's it's not been planned when it's gonna drop. And Black Widow originally I was gonna open May first. Same thing. Um, the, the term is unset, so it's they haven't set the when, when it's gonna um, air in theaters. Dave, now, theater. Dave, there was a release.
0: Dave, I was gonna ask Dave, what what are your thoughts?
1: Well th-
3: there was a 2 days ago or so we there's been there were several articles that I found online saying that Disney was possibly going to be releasing Black Widow and Mulan on digital and then Disney Plus a month or two later. Now I'm seeing some that are saying they're deciding not to do that. I'm not sure. But from a lot of other movies that we saw, there's been several now that have come or that have been put onto digital and will soon be coming like with, if it's a Disney one to Disney plus right afterward, I know uh the one animated film of theirs onward, which I think was coming into theaters right about the time this was starting to really break old COVID-19 thing Uh that's on digital now. And it's coming to Disney plus and, I don't know if it's this week or another week or two. I'm not sure, but it's it's right very shortly. It's coming to there. Um, You know, I don't know. One of the things that I'm 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 thinking this is this whole thing's it's already changing us as a society. Period. One of the things that this may end up doing is changing the way we actually view content like this. If the if the if the theater industry is damaged enough economically, there's a there's a chance, and really, I I don't know if I would mind it so much if it went back to most the majority of your movies are released on on digital streaming. You can rent it, you can buy it, however you want to do it. And, and theaters change their format to having very few screens. They change the, the, the changes the whole process to almost where you go in, you can go in, you can sit down, have a meal, and, and watch a film. What, something where you're gonna go out, you're gonna plan a night with a family to go out and watch a, a big, a big picture. You know, Wonder Woman 1984 might be a, a great example of that. I mean, the first one did so was so great. This one doesn't look to be slouching anywhere past that. But we're going to the theater becomes an actual event and not something you do because you're bored on a Saturday afternoon. There's a part of me that kind of hopes it kind of goes that way.
0: Well, you know, it, and there is something to be said for that. I mean, it uh, it would then maybe perhaps weed out, uh, some of the, the fluff movies and movies that the studio might say, well, I'm not sure of its success. Why? Why put as much money into promoting this on the big screen? Let's go straight digital. Um, I don't know. There might be a there might be a place for that, and there might be a yeah. place too for making the theater a place for an experience again. I mean, we still go. There, there are definitely movies that you go to the theater because I frankly don't have a you know a fifty foot screen hanging out in my barn. You know. Um, <laughs> You know, although I could probably, you know, but you, so just because of that and because of the quality and the sound and you just don't get that in a home in a home theater system. Right. Uh, right. And certainly creating there, there's certainly something to be said for the theater experience. Right.
3: And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I mean, it was a, if we went to the movies, it was a, it was a thing. I mean, we, we, Okay, two weekends from now, Saturday, we're going to the movies, checking the paper for the Times, you know, and and made it made a day out of it. And then along came the the one local theater down here where they were selling matinee flicks on a Saturday afternoon for a dollar. You know, then it became, hey, now we can just go to the movies almost whenever. You know, as a teenager, it was great. I'm only spending a buck to go to the movies when I didn't have any other money. But yeah, really bringing it back to that that experience again. But we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that we will. Certainly if we aren't allowed in the theaters and you would think if they're, and again, we're talking about movie houses like Disney that are not hurting for money. Right. Um, so they don't need to release it early, right? The only reason to do that is if somehow they want to I imagine there's a plan as far as when they release movies and spreading them out uh, rather than having movies sit on top of each other too long. That might be something to consider. But other than that, they really don't need to release it early except to keep us entertained.
3: Right. And you figure, too, you you go to a movie. I know for us, if we have a family of three of us, you know, I'm looking at – forty to forty five dollars just in tickets for the three of us alone plus you know another 25 30 bucks for concessions you know you're putting up a, a 60 to eighty dollar you know 60 to 80 bucks for two hours of, of entertainment. The pricing itself is already to that point where you know we that's one of the things reasons we don't go that often. You know, if I could sit at home and for ten bucks have a forty-eight hour rental of a movie, I'm more apt to do that multiple times a month than I would be to actually go see it in theaters. Right. Yeah, you know, and now and you turn it into it to a real experience for for a big blockbuster pick. Yeah, I'd have no problem spending eighty bucks. You know, right. once every other month or something to go see a big movie. And I think and that's good, also part of the big problem is if they start releasing everything backed up that they've had plus what's coming out next all in one clump. I I think their viewership and the viewership is going to be down. And and I think the money that they're going to make from it is going to drop substantially.
0: I get that. There's a place for the movie houses, but you would think that they could charge 20 bucks to go see a new movie that you could rent for the entire family. And if you have a family of four, ends up being five bucks a person, still a great deal. You cut out the movie houses and go direct to digital. They would still make their money based on all the overhead and everything else they have to do. Right? Right. I would think so. Right. But, yeah. But Miles, any other thoughts on this? We've been uh carrying this conversation yeah. a little bit. You
1: know, it depends on the kind of movie. I mean, the kind of movies that the three of us that go see are the big budget sci-fi movies for that are in the, in a hundred million dollars or more. Those kind of movies will probably always they'll try to always put those in the movie house first because um, that's where that that's where the movie companies are going to make the most amount of money. That's and. And, and And honestly, I think that's where they have to try to make their money first is is the big movie houses where they can charge the um, fifteen dollars or more for a ticket before they can make it available as a rental um, i mean I, I th- any any of the marvel movies we've we we've seen over the last five years all of them cost over a hundred million dollars and so They still need that revenue from the big movie houses.
0: So okay. I hear, I hear you, Miles. Um, and the other, the other question that's probably factoring into this is that when we get when we're able to go back into the movie houses, considering uh, you know how what's happening in the world is doing to the economy, will people be able to have enough disposable income that they can they can just go to the movie
1: houses? Probably maybe not right away.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and that's, that, and, and that may be the, 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 the companies that make movies might have to figure out a different model and how to, you know, maybe cause they spend so much mo- money on making a movie nowadays, maybe that they're gonna have to figure out ways to, they still want it to be good, but maybe not have to spend so much money. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe spend a little less on marketing, or spend a, a little less on visual effects. Um, they might have to change a little how, to, how, how they, and still make money from it, and still, and still get people who, who, who can afford to come see their movie too. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting question.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's 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 move into talking about why we really wanted to do this show tonight, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is the card uh, we had this this past week. The second part in Et in Arcadia Ego, part one and part two, dropped over the past two weeks, and I think that we have some great material to talk about. Anyone want to? Yep. So, so before we get in, before we get into the nuts and bolts and the details by why we thought what we did, let's go through and, uh, give Picard a rating out of 10, 10 being the highest one being the lowest. And let's just talk about the, these two, these two episodes together, where would you rank them between one to 10? And then we'll get into, uh, the nuts and bolts. Why? uh anyone want to start first
1: question are we are we um the one in ten rating is that for the whole the whole series or just, just just a, a- just
0: just the finale episode
1: okay Ooh.
0: okay okay i uh, tell you what Let, let's do both let's do it for the finale episodes but then you can also give a rating if you want for the entire series okay
3: okay okay yeah so all who right was, who uh, wants to start
1: all right. As far as the um, the whole series, I think I would give it. Um, I think I would give it an eight. Okay. And and I think the last two episodes, uh, I would probably give them a six point five. Ooh. Ooh. All right. All right,
0: Dave. How about you? Where were you at with the series? Where were you at with the last two episodes?
1: Well
3: last two episodes the last two episodes I would give I would give an eight. I would write the last two episodes an eight. The series as a whole, I would give a seven. All
0: right. So My experience of watching Picard is tempered with the fact that I'm watching Picard with my son. And it is the only series I watched as it was coming out, because I didn't do that with Discovery. And I only ever watched the first season of Discovery. And I didn't watch any other seasons when they were being and I would say that the amount of engagement the uh, I'm going to give you the reasons I'm going to stop no, just let me just say this <laughs> the, uh, it's hard not to do um, uh, I would say that the series finale to me was a 9 and that I'm waffling between a 9 and a 10 for the whole series because for me it was that good um and that engaging and they set stuff up from the beginning that paid off in episode 10 and absolutely loved it all right there you go okay okay very good all right so why don't we go let, let, let's dig into this a little bit miles i believe and dave you rated the season finale at what eight eight and
1: uh
0: miles you rated it at what 6.5 for the finale
1: cool. for the finale. Yeah. The last two episodes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So let's start with the, uh, let's start with the low end and work our way up. Let's talk. Let's talk about these, just these two episodes and miles. Let's start with you. Um, you're getting into the series. You obviously, we sang praise of Picard along the way, but these two episodes somehow must've been missing something for you or didn't go maybe where you were hoping they would go. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts and uh, why the rating six point
1: five. Because they rushed it too much. These, they put too much in these two episodes that should have been maybe one more episode to accommodate everything. I think I felt that I felt these two episodes were rushed. I felt there was I don't know if it's because of visual effects budget or time, but I would have loved to have seen the Borg ship um crash down to this planet. I thought it was cool seeing it come out of the trench but then it it crashed on a planet. I like I want I want to see it crash on a planet. And may, maybe they couldn't do that but that that that's why I'm kind of giving it um a lo- lower score. Um I, the the fact that the the android was so easy to kill and maybe these andro- these androids I, I guess there are different order than data was data was basically data and more basically these androids supermen these androids although very intelligent they don't seem to be as physically um, they don't have seem to have the same physical abilities as data or seem or and they seem to have the same kind of vulnerabilities that maybe humans do so when they killed that one android as easily as they did i I thought that that just didn't that, that i don't know that didn't resonate with me but that that's that that was a creative choice they made um i, I as far as uh noonian sung having another son uh, you know i i i mean star trek has done this before uh, you know they were they, they oh this person had a brother or this person had a son or, or whatever and they've done it before but just that 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 was the direction they kind of went uh, that that, that Sung had this son that nobody ever heard about um but I guess that was that was kind of like the McGuffin that made this work. As far as the second episode, uh, I get that one I felt was really rushed. There was just so much going on when 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 Sung Junior finds out what happened, and, and then he decides to. Um, neutralize uh, Sutra. It happens so fast. It's like, he just takes her to the side, he presses this, this remote and, 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 and she's done. I, I, I thought this is a very interesting character and I, and I hope we'll see her again somehow. Cause I, I, I think she, she, she a great bad guy. I thought, I mean, she, she, I just felt she was like the female version of lore and she, she'd make a great um, nemesis for our heroes later on, but just the way she was put down so easily, so quickly, I, I just, didn't, it just, it was disappointing. Um, and the, the scene between the Romulans and the Starfleet ships, Dave. I don't know about you, but I was not impressed with these new Starfleet ships at all. Um,
3: I, I, yeah, I'll. Yeah, I'll get into that one. Then.
1: Okay, I, I love <laughs> no, I loved Riker. You know, co- you know, coming with the cavalry and coming to the rescue. Um, th- I liked, there's a lot of things I did like. It sounds like I'm, I'm cramping on this, these last two episodes. I'm not, I, it's more about the pacing. It's more about the, the the last episode rushing things so much that they, you know, I almost feel like they, they would have benefited from one or two more episodes to try to expand and and, uh, develop some of these things more. I mean, I thought Stu Trish should have had a bigger story arc than, than she did. Um, You know, that those, that's my criticism of, uh, of these two episodes.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, Yeah. Yeah, I gave, no, I gave the I gave the uh, the series of seven, the uh, the finale two parter and eight. Um, I I did. I mean, I, I did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, Miles, every point you made, I I cannot disagree with. My my biggest, I guess, my biggest fault of it, is, complaint of it, and, and really of the. Of the entire season, as it would be, if this was the direction they were going to go with Picard's story, I almost believe that this would have been better off told in a two two and a half hour movie. Um, with the finale with with the final end of that of that of that movie being very similar to the way this ended with Picard knowing he's dying, Picard saving data's protege you know, his pretty much his essence and in, in the, the, the soon creation and its evolution and data finally achieving that piece of humanity that he never, never could in finally having the sum of his existence completed through his death. I, I found that to be, that was, uh, that almost brought me to tears <laughs> um, watching him lying down on that couch and then just his program ending and, and he's, he's, he's gone. I think it would have been better suited again, like I said, in a movie with Picard, not becoming a clone Picard at the end of it and leaving him at 90 years old or whatever he, how old he is to get that redemption, to serve his friend who sacrificed his life for him 20 years before to see him pay that debt and his life ending as well and him dying that as a hero again. Now I have no idea what that's going to entail for season two now. I mean, but I understood going into it that this wasn't going to be Picard the way we knew Picard, you know, commanding a starship being the, the quintessential officer and a gentleman, but it, it had to end in some way, because, you know, as we learn through data, you know that that ex- our existence does end. And I think I, I do think it would have been a lot better if it was in. There were some parts earlier on in the season that were kind of cut out a little bit. Some of those slower moments that were, but not, not not quite as, as crucial. But put into put into a feature film and told that story out that way. Yeah, and to Miles, you're thinking about the ships. One of the greatest things about Star Trek for me has always been the ships. I I have I've got books on of them here. I, I've got right now the, the background of, that is cycled on my computer screen is a cross-section cutaway of the Defiant. You know, one, one of those cool, those cool uh cool pictures. I've always loved the ships. And did not see a, a, a Starfleet ship really pulled out of it because the ship's always been a, a quintessential character, even in the show. The Enterprise was a character. Even in Voyager, Voyager was a character. The Defiant was was a character in the show. And did not have that. It, it felt something felt missing the whole time. To see him in there, to not get a good look at him, to not really be involved with it, it felt like something was missing. And I don't think there was enough attention paid to that. And yeah, to see the Borg ship do something else other than fly through space for a little bit and then sit on a planet's surface, I kind of felt a little robbed. Kind of felt a little robbed.
1: Yeah.
0: I obviously did not grow up watching Star Trek like you guys have. And I think maybe this comes from a little bit more of an outsider. And even though, as you guys know, I absolutely love star Trek. I'm not as nitpicky as some fans are. And that's not to say that's not good. I'm just saying that that's the reality for me. And so when I step back and I look and I look at, did I enjoy the ride? The Star Trek Picard gave me these past ten episodes. I would have to, end with, I would have to end with a hell yes because oh, yeah. because there's no doubt in my mind that I was taken on a great ride. And if I look at it, a ride that from the very first opening sequence, title sequence, was hinted at the taking apart of Picard and the putting back together of a P- Picard. Um, beautifully done and beautifully hinted at, and obviously, you know, set forth with a plan. And, uh, so I love that. And I agree, the last 20 minutes of Picard was perhaps one of the most emotional that I've ever had in a TV show in a long time. Um, you know, um, I was I was in tears. It was just it was that it was that good and that moving, Um, and uh, I didn't give it a second thought. That oh I didn't see the Borg cube crash. That bother it didn't really bother me. It was just when (laughs) when you saw Picard go up against the Romulan fleet with that only ship and then with all the holograms and divert the Romulan attack that was very Picard a very Picard thing to do in my mind Um, and then when uh, Wolf Riker shows up you know it was it was just it was one of the most badass moments I've ever seen and have the two fleets facing off against each other in this daunting battle that was just absolutely insane. It was incredible. Um, Yes, we didn't get a look at the ships really. Um, The only ship we really got to know was whatever um, Rios was driving. And I don't even remember the type, anyone know the type of ship that is?
1: No, it, it, he calls the Lost Um
0: So, yeah. whatever the Lost Syriana is, you know that's the only ship we really get to have any sort of definition. And of course, it's the one that Picard's on, and it was cool to see him commanding it there at the end. Um, and uh, it was just—it was—it bu- was beautiful. And I, I mentioned this, Dave. I mentioned this when we were playing Terraforming Mars. I, there were so many highlights. The the comment that the lady scientist I forget her name says to him right before the episode ends was very much out of Next Generation, and they even had the Next Generation music playing at the end of that episode. Um, it was beautiful. It was it was a, for me the entire first season of card was in general a love letter to Next Generation fans. And that's uh, so that I think I think I, I rate it because of that, the nine out of ten, not because it adheres to I don't know the way Star Trek has typically been done. but anyways, those are my thoughts.
3: Yeah. And that, that, that scene again the emotional level of that the, the, that final 20 minutes. The the only time I've ever felt that emotionally pulled by anything in track was the end of gone of with Kirk and with Spock dying behind the glass Absolutely. and Kirk there, and they had that they had that moment, and that's one of those things that it, because it happens so rarely, I think it, it's just that that much more impactful
0: and you realize too in that scene that this is the ultimate culmination like so okay Picard in theory dies right but it's also the culmination of Data's journey you know and i realize this, so as as i've said before i'm rewatching next gen with my son and it is a story of next generation, but in one real sense, it's also the story of Data figuring out how to become more human or how to embrace humanity. And the most human thing he can have at the very end is to die, is to have a legacy, and to allow his memory to die. And, there, and, and in, in a way, this is the culmination of Data's story.
1: Well, it's the close of his story arc, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, no doubt, no doubt it is, mm-hmm. or at least we're told. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I spent several minutes just saying why I what I didn't like about the last two episodes. There, there's a there are stuff in here I, I liked and I liked a lot.
0: Okay.
3: I
1: loved the second episode where seven of nine, she's pushing. I assume those are XB bodies off this ledge, but and then she comes and. Greets Picard, and they're playing the Voyager music behind her. Uh, I, I mean, I got, I got you know that hit me in the feels when I heard oh, yeah. when, when I saw that.
0: Um, Talk about seven of nine. Even when the, she likes when she kicks a Romulan girl's butt, it's just absolutely
1: incredible. I love oh, you wanted to her see that. her get it so bad. Oh yeah, you know, you this, did. The, oh yeah. <laughs> the, the, this Romulan who was you know the villain. She, yeah, she was easy to hate. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that, that 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 was great too. Uh, the, the the scene with um, Picard and Soji, you know, when 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 Suture wants to contact these these super uh, uh, synthetics to come to their aid, and, and then basically wipe out all organic life, so synthetic life will be left alone. And, and so Picard's like, "Oh, okay, so you will become the destroyer," as predicted in. In, in, these Romulan prophecies, um, it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I, I you know, I, I, you see her kind of struggle with that, but at the same time, you know, she, she's, she's on the fence when it comes to that. And she says she has no choice in the second episode. And, and, and Picard has one that the, has the great line. He says, to say you have no choice is a failure of imagination.
0: Oh, I um, love that line. Great line. <laughs>
1: Yeah, You're going to he, use that with your students. I,
0: I, I am. That's coming into the English <laughs> curriculum to say the curriculum to say that you have no choice is a failure of imagination.
1: Oh, uh, there's lots of good life li- you know, uh, life lesson lines throughout this series. That's why I gave it a seven. I think that the, it was a great it was a great uh, run. Uh, I love the character moments with with Hard and 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 that he had with his former crewmates. Um, You know, I I loved um, Elnor and Rafi mourning together Picard's death, Um, you know, you know, so there's a lot to like. I just thought the last two episodes just the pacing was a little off and and, and the last one felt a little rushed. But all in all, it was great. I'm glad they did it. And I'm looking forward to season two.
0: You know, tying into what you were saying about Picard and Soji when he's speaking from the ship saying you have the power to stop this, stop this fighting, you know, you have the power to choose here. It's fan. It was that, that, I mean, it's a perfect Picard speech. I told, I saw, I saw, uh, I saw Mary fan say it this way. because I didn't like it. I did not like the episode, but it was absolutely a Picard episode, like it was, it's the way Star Trek would have ended. It is the way she said,
3: and, and it's it's the distinction in that episode where you go from viewing Picard through this series as the as the old man as as your grandpa, the old man who just will spit out his mouth whatever he's thinking at the time, to seeing the Captain Picard we all knew and loved. And seeing that transition back in, into that – the younger form of his character w- with just the, 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 the principles, the wisdom, the, the decisiveness, and it was just so uh, – it was just so good. Hmm. But uh, my I only like – uh, yeah, well, Go ahead, Martha. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I, well, I was gonna say uh, Picard flying that ship when Girardi um, is trying to you know she's 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 throwing twenty questions at him and he's like you know uh, Doctor Girardi it's been a long time since I've flown a starship and I've just been learning by watching Rios uh, so you might want to you know hold that for a little while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect, yeah, that's great.
2: Now mm-hmm.
3: uh, the only question I have left out of this. It's actually almost two questions what happened to Wharf? and what happened to LaForge
0: yeah we and Crusher
3: I forgot about Dr. Crusher too
0: yeah well uh, and those are great questions and question, those are people that we did not see you know come out and where's Q in all this come on
3: well okay. <laughs> It's it's funny you mentioned Q. <laughs> I was reading... Oh, what the heck was I even reading? Some fan theory with all this. Where they, they were kind of writing what they would have liked to have seen at the end here. Was, again, kind of like me, Picard dies and he dies. There's no clone, there's no... Whatever it is he is now at, at the end of this. But when he dies... The next scene you see is Picard standing in the white, talking to Q and Picard is then invited into the Q continuum. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I read that. I was like, now that would have been a, that, that would have brought it everything completely full circle. The show began with Q at Farpoint and it ends with Q at the, at, with Picard at the end. That, that would have been terrific. And there's still seasons to go. Who knows what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I'm okay if we don't bring Q back. Really? Yeah. I I, th-
3: oh, I, I love that insufferable guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I think they kind of... I mean, in all good things, I think they kind of... You know, wrapped up Q and Picard's—I uh, don't know what you want to call it—but uh, um, this thing they had throughout the series. Um, yeah, I, I'd be okay with if if, if we're done with Q.
0: <laughs> but DeLancey just totally make Q, though. Oh, uh, he,
1: he did, he did. That's true.
0: But you know, it's to be all this being said, so. We talked a little bit about killing Picard and letting him be dead. The problem with that is we already have a season two on the docket, right? And um, yeah. the show is called Picard for a reason. So if you kill him off, it just isn't the same.
3: Yeah, which is what I say. I, I, I guess you could maybe... have
0: James. They could go back in time. Have James McAvoy play a younger Picard, right?
3: Ah, oh, God! Please no. <laughs>
0: You know, uh, and he did it in X-Men, they can do it in Star Trek, come on.
3: Yes, 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 yes.
2: As long as Patrick Stewart
1: is, you know, yeah, yeah, he, he's pushing 80, but as long as he's healthy and he wants to keep doing it, um, and, you know, then the, the, this, this series still has legs. Right? I, hope, I hope we'll see a couple more seasons.
3: And, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I mean, the, the storyline of this was him seeking redemption from uh, his uh, from a failure of, of, well, not really so much his, but of Starfleet's. Right, him finding you know that redemption, him saving his friend at the at the end. And now, where do you go?
0: Right. So the story they're, they're there needs to be distortion. a there needs to be a whole new storyline now, uh, right. uh, or whole new motivation. Um
3: it excites me but yet it 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 frightens me a little bit
1: right well i mean th- th- this this was also yeah he was kind of on on a journey of of personal redemption but uh he was also rescuing somebody he was trying to save soji oh, yeah. there's right. plenty of other characters new and and ones we've 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 met before that that could use rescuing so
3: <laughs> it I, is true wouldn't it be- Wouldn't it be, I don't know if this would be horrible or not. And without actually sitting down and looking at the timeline and doing the math in my head with it. What are the odds that, let's say Picard goes on for three seasons. At the end of season three, you find out, you catch Picard at the end. And he meets up with Michael Burnham.
1: Well, you know there's some fan theories out there trying to see if there's a way to for, to connect them to. Really? Yeah.
3: Burnham and the crew of the Discovery when they get thrown, how many hundreds of years into the future?
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: But you know they'll have to. They'll end up having to do whatever they're doing is going to have to be in line canon-wise with whatever Discovery is going to be doing. Because I guess I don't know the math off the top of my head, but it's got to be getting pretty close, one would think.
1: Well, Discovery would have to either travel back to the past or Picard would have to travel to the future. Because Discovery traveled 900-plus years from their 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 time period so they're okay, like
3: they're pretty far ahead then.
1: They're like the 32nd century, I think. OK.: okay. Yeah, so yeah they're way ahead. Way, way ahead. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, um, you know, like D Space 9 and like, I guess you would say, discovery, this, this followed a continual story arc, And even though the episodes themselves were kind of could stand alone, then each one had its distinct feel. It obviously was a continued story arc. So whatever they do next season is gonna is gonna continue with that. And we did mention you just mentioned Crusher. You mentioned uh, Worf. You mentioned LaForge. Um We don't like we don't know um, if they'll come into the next season and what that means. And um, we certainly have Seven of Nines, a band of rebels that she's kind of hinting at. And for God's sake, she's a freaking bored queen now. And you uh, know what? What can be what can be done with that? Yeah, they, they've left some loose ends
1: where they could conceivably come up with a spin-off spinoff uh, series from this.
0: Dude, one of the best parts is when Seven and Nine gets connected back into the ship. This is absolutely incredible. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap, stuff's about to go down. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. in a in a, in a, in a, in a very real way, uh, Picard does become Locutus. Not in the well, Borg sense, but no. in the mechanical sense.
1: Well, he becomes a synthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. It'll but, be interesting.
1: But you know, it was great to have Star Trek. You know, more. I don't know if I'm finding right. Like with discovery, with discovery, we went back ten years before original series. With the JJ movies, we went back to the original series. It's nice coming back to this. What you know, seeing what's going on with the next gen era, um, and with with these char- with many of these characters again.
0: I, I think that's the thing. Like this. This was a trip down memory lane in some ways. Uh, whenever you'd see, I was talking to Dave. I said, with well, the moment they mentioned that, you know, Jonathan Frakes was going to be on in the opening credits, he says, I always skip them, but I never skip them. So I'm like, oh, Jonathan Frakes is going to be on. Ah! You know, I was just <laughs> you, you know, getting really excited. And Brent Spiner, and I'm like, yeah, he's back on. You know, you get excited <laughs> about these things. And um. And there is very much a, it's, it's really Picard. It was, it was a great series. And it was also one that was meant to be a love letter to the fans. And you saw that through the Easter eggs. You saw that through the things that were said and how it was scripted and the callbacks. And even the way Picard is still being Picard. He's very much in line with what he would do as a captain. Maybe a little bit less proper, but nonetheless still our Starfleet.
1: Yeah, and if, if we were only going to get one series out of this, uh, if we were only going to get one season, I would be okay with that because this was a chance to get for Picard and some of the, some of the crew from the Enterprise-E to get the send-off they deserved so that they didn't get in Nemesis. Um, this This redeemed Nemesis in my mind.
3: Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And and I don't know about you guys and, or anybody else listening to this, but I am ready. I am wholeheartedly ready for a new series altogether with the Enterprise, 1701F, a new crew, and give me an episodic show.
0: Do you think that'll happen,
3: Dave? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it, but I, I, I would really, really hope they would. And you don't gotta put a ton of money into it. You know, you don't gotta go crazy with, you know, the visual effects and all this other stuff. Just give me a, a, a extremely well written episodic show with the crew of the Enterprise, the new, a new Enterprise, exploring strange new worlds, seeking out new life and all that good stuff. I, I would love. To see that again,
0: you're asking a lot, Dave. Especially for the part, for I know. know, Especially for the part for it to be well written. I mean,
3: (laughs) well, that's 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 part of the problem. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: And 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 it would need lots of lens flare too.
3: No, no, (laughs) keep that away. I get enough lens flare on my webcam here doing this chat.
0: (laughs) It's not from my balding head.
3: No, it's from the light shining behind the back of my head. (laughs) Reflecting <laughs> off my, my shiny bald forehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my well, I think we've done. Anything else you want to say about Picard card? Um
1: Yeah. Well, I mean as far as Star Trek goes, we 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 know we're going to eventually get Discovery Season Three. That hasn't been announced the exact date yet. There's um the animated series lower decks. That's another one that's in the works. There's been talk of Section Thirty-One, uh, a series on Section Thirty-One, and and there's still hope that we'll get uh, a Captain Pike series. Oh, that would be great. Right. So. It, it, so I mean, I mean, Dave, I like your idea of doing episodic Star Trek with the Enterprise F. Yeah. You know, maybe not in the next few you know maybe 5 years from now right? I, that you yeah. know cuz CBS i think CBS wants they're not done with star trek yet they and if um if if these other shows do well i could see i could see that maybe you know maybe in the future
3: yeah uh, and, and cbs while you're listening cbs executives <laughs> writers of the show i don't need star trek that's rated tv ma
0: I was glad you're saying that because you and I had a conversation about that.
3: Yeah. I, 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 you know, I have certainly a potty mouth as bad as many, but. Oh, I know it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I I don't need it in there. If I want to watch just pointless swearing, I've got, tons of other networks, plenty of other shows across so many platforms that I have my pick of it. Trek doesn't need to be that. It, it doesn't need it to, to forward storylines. It doesn't need it to tell a tale. You know, don't take the cheap way out, you know, write better. Right.
0: You know, we, we were, we dialogued about that and there's a certain sense. So I'm sitting there with Kiefer watching it. Um, but, but some of the earlier track, you could have, you know, pretty young children watching it with you and it would be fine where you may not want that even in Picard.
3: And yeah. I mean, the one the first two times it was used, okay, fine. But those later episodes when it was popping out like crazy. Yeah. It's like, you don't need that. Come on. Be better.
1: Uh, I'm with you, Dave. I'm with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, all right. I think we did a nice job talking about Picard here. We would love to know your thoughts on Picard. You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, and we will definitely get it as well. And we would love to hear your thoughts on Picard and uh, what you liked and what you didn't like about it. And you heard our theories and you heard from some people that are pretty passionate fans and some of us who came into it a little bit later. And we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Well, shifting gears here. Before we go, we do have one short interview that we want to share with you, Miles. Do you want to give us a little bit of an introduction to this interview, and then we'll yeah then we'll wrap up the show after the interview.
1: Sure. So uh, at uh, Farpoint, I had a chance to meet uh, with um, a representative from the Highland Society, um, fans of the works of Robert uh, Heinlein. We'll be happy to you know. I got a chance to talk to uh, uh, a a group that's doing their best to uh, keep his legacy and memory alive, and uh, so I talked to Mr. Uh, John Tilden. Uh, he just goes by uh, JT, uh, but we had a nice conversation about the Highland Society and about Robert Highland and um, you know, why it's, why it's important to keep his uh, his memory and legacy alive.
0: Is um is did he know Robert Highland?
1: Um, he, no he did not I don't okay. believe he did he, yeah. I was just curious but,
0: mm-hmm. but yeah well good and, uh, so it, it was recommended to you by our good friend Betsy and she kind of said hey you should have this interview and,
1: yep she introduced me to this uh, guy yep mm-hmm. fantastic so
0: this is a far point interview um, maybe the only con we're going to go to this year but we'll see we're hopefully hopefully, Shoreleaf's still on hopefully that happens but Farpoint's always been good to us, and so we wanted to share a little bit more of Farpoint love with you, and then we'll be back after the interview.
1: Gentlemen, we're at Farpoint 2020, and many of you sci fi fans uh, know and love um, uh, Robert Heinlein. Uh, I am with the president of the, the Heinlein Society, Mr. John Tilden, uh, also known as JT. Thank you for taking time to talk to us on the Sci Fi Diner podcast.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Great.
1: So, for you, um,
2: what got you into uh, Mr. Heinlein's uh, stories first place? So, as a kid, I haunted the library. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked the idea of science fiction. Oh, okay. I, it's appropriate to be in I had My sister-in-law was a huge Star Trek fan. She got me into science fiction in general. So I just started to read the books that oh, had really the little Adam sticker on it in the, the library. Of the One of those second was second. Time when my first was Farmer in the Sky. Mm-hmm. And and I liked the stuff. Uh, I liked Asimov. I liked Clark. All those sorts of things. Um, well, when I went away to college, I didn't have a lot of time to read. When I got done with well, college, I, mean, I picked it, up Stranger to Land and, and at like, that, well, that point, I really said, wow, this is really interesting. Well, let me go no talk index. about it." And I found there's a there's group a kind of fans of online I talk no page to talk about Heinlein. That led me to getting involved with the Society, and actually, Mrs. Virginia Heinlein, his widow. And ever since then, I've been a volunteer, and I do things like come to conventions and help out.
1: Why is it important for you to help keep alive Mr. Heinlein's
2: legacy. So the interesting thing about Robert Heinlein is that um, he had a very strict code of honor, and what he believed in, he supported to the max. And what he believed in, um, he was consistent with. So he he was interested in in politics, he was interested in uh, volunteerism, and he was interested in giving back and that's what the Highland Society what is widow creating and now what I'm able to help continue through the Highland Society. That's what we do.
1: Fantastic. And I guess you know
2: he's
1: just letting other, you know, young sci-fi fans know that there's some great, you know you know, we stand on
2: we stand on the shoulders of giants and um, Yes, it's interesting because one of the things that The Talent Society is trying to do is have his his novels and stories available to the younger generation. Now, some of the things don't translate very well because we're living in the future, from what, from, from what he said. But but the characterizations and the way he crafted the story are relevant to be able to stand on the shoulders. Um, and getting people to know about him, why do I care about a guy that's been built for 30 years, because of the way he crafted the story. Um, would you say there's any any... Past work that might be speaking to maybe some of the things that are going on in the world right now. Well, so it's interesting. When you when you get when you get four Highland fans together, you'll have you'll have great arguments and you'll get four different opinions about what his stories mean. I think right now many people would say we're living in the crazy years. If you if you understand those references from, from Highland stories in the future history, there was a period where there, there, there was, um, you know, a great charismatic leader that came in and did some pretty bad things, and then people had to react against that. And then without getting into the politics of it, there's people that would say that's, that's, that's timely for right now. And, um, and, and I think understanding what you do to counter that is something that shows up in comic stories time again.
1: Right? Um,
2: probably, uh, my, my, one
1: of my, one of my love's sci-fi is of course Star Trek, and, and, and he wrote one of the. Um, our, uh, one, of, one of the fan favorite fan loves the loved episodes,
2: episodes and how about, how about of star trek uh, and things. i'm embarrassed I, I, so I'm like, the I'm title lose me the I, this I, I cannot thing. be I'm out not not here so maker. um what been been he did, so, um, what he, did story. Story. he didn't actually write the story so david gerald wrote trouble with triples right and and um what david gerald took inspiration from the book red planet which I'm holding in front of you, which you guys can't hear on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, the so Red Pine had this thing called a flat, point flat point cat. And mm-hmm. David Gerald, you know, quite frankly admitted that he stole the idea from Heinrich. And and actually he kind of talked about it with Heinrich and said, Yeah, I did it visiting an okay. And he said but vigorously said it's fine. So so there is that that thing of kind of paying it forward. I use this idea, I filed up the serial numbers, and you know, from flat cats we got tribbles, mm-hmm. and it's
1: been this great thing that the whole world has So you just you just taught me something I didn't know about that connection between the Trouble triples and uh island. I was thinking of um,
2: um, the time travel one um oh you sitting on the edge of fire. edge of that yeah, so yeah, I was actually Paul Allison awesome. yeah but, but uh, it again it's, it's you know it's a small community yeah. in science fiction yeah. that sort of thing but 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 the idea that Star Trek was able to be able to take these inputs from from authors. Right. You know it wasn't it wasn't just, just screen you know screenwriters, screenwriters. It was it was authors that moved back and forth in science community was something that was cool. You know, I think if Heinlein had the opportunity, he would have done that. He wrote, he was put into the screenplay for Destination Moon, which was the seminal first science fiction moon travel story. You know, won an Oscar for visual effects. Heinlein, Heinlein made money off of it. Heinlein had script credit. Um, but that kind of soured him on the business because he didn't have a lot of editorial control uh, within that. So, and there's actually in the in Heinlein's collected works, you can find a lot about uh, <laughs> Destination Moon and Project Moonbase was a TV show. That was this season. Season. <laughs> now, if listeners um, want to find out more about the Highland Society uh, what's You're the best to connect with that? Okay, so in this internet-connected world, um, you can yeah, go directly yeah. to www.foundlandsociety.org, yeah. yeah. and you can I'm find exactly out a lot line, of information about who we are and what number, we do. I was like, you oh, can shit. sign up. Um, we, we, we do have yearly yeah, membership dues. So you can sign time. up and I create an account, account with us to podcast. be able to, to do that completely and online. We have an online newsletter that gives you information. We also support the Highland Journal, which is a scholarly publication that talks about how in terms of yeah. Yeah. In From academic video, sense, um, all group that, group that group. information is linked through um, homelandsociety.org. Society. dot org. JT is a pleasure to speak to uh, Thank event. you very much for the opportunity.
0: Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, and I hope you enjoyed the interview, and uh, I think that's about it. Hey, do I understand something? Our next episode is going to be a very special episode. Miles, Dave, any of you want to tell us about what's happening in that next episode?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. So since, since we're saying goodbye to Picard, and we don't know when we're going to see Discovery, uh, we're going we're gonna to start a review of all the Star Trek uh, pilots. And the first one we're going to start out with is the original unaired pilot, but still very important. Um, and it, it, it was uh, seen in a two-part episode, but uh, we're going to look at uh, the cage.
0: All right. So the unaired pilot... We're going to do the cage for the next time. And then I imagine the following time or whenever we do our pilot, it's going to then be the actual pilot.
1: Yeah, we'll do where uh, no man has come before. Good. Awesome. Well,
0: I'm looking forward to it. I've never watched the cage. Oh, you're in for a treat. And I may have watched the original pilot, but I know I've not watched the entire Star Trek original series. I've only saw a few episodes,
1: if any. We'll have to change that. Uh-huh. Maybe.
0: Maybe. Right now, next gen's sucking my blood, so <laughs> and I'm okay with that.
1: That, that. That's a good thing.
0: It is a very good thing. Well, I think that's about it. Hopefully, by next time, we will have Chrissy and M back with us. And uh until then, uh, stay safe. Uh enjoy your takeout from the sci-fi diner. And uh I think that about wraps up the show. Anything else that we need to say uh, before we go? Dave, Miles?
1: No, I think we covered it. Um, Sounds
0: good. Uh, yep. We yep. definitely need to cover it in this society.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cu- cu- cover your mouth and nose when Cough. you have when Cough when... into
0: your elbow. We got yeah. that. We got that. All right. Well, Miles, take us out of the show.
1: Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya, And go boldly.